This is Cindy Kangas on Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network. And I am here with my co-host, Joy Wagner. Hello, Joy. Hello, everyone. Hello. Good to be here. with you. I know. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about people that are visionaries and someone that we know that kind of has a good right brain, left brain, working on all of the things, manufacturing related and community related. And... You know, I don't know, not a lot of people have these qualities that they can do both, both serve the community in such an amazing way and serve the manufacturing industry in such an amazing way. And so, Joy, I'm going to turn it over to you because I know you know Jerry and you've known Jerry for quite some time. (laughs) So why don't you tell us a little bit about Jerry and how you came to know him? Absolutely. I'd love to. Thank you. Yeah. So I've known Jerry Norris, owner of The Fledge, over 25 years. I actually started working for an electrical controls company long, long ago, got hired as a purchasing agent, and Jerry was the vendor that they were using to get ISO certified for their quality management system. So yes, for very long, many years. And what ended up happening is we were using the software system thinker that he had with his business at the time, and we used it to get certified. We were a tier one supplier to Johnson Controls and a few other manufacturers around the state. So with that, we needed to be certified and the owner chose to do that. And that way, quality management, all of those standards were a big deal and still are. So I learned a lot about manufacturing. (laughs) So it was pretty amazing. So we hired him to help and we did get the certification and that went really well. And then Jerry actually hired me out of Canalco, the electrical controls company to work for his software company. I was a vice president of training. I loved that title. (laughs) (laughs) So you told me a story though. It was so funny because What people may not know, Jerry is, you know, a University of Michigan grad, you know, computer science, design software. He was well ahead of his time. He knew what was coming technology-wise for quite some time. So can you share that story you told me? Oh, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, I remember. So I worked on and off for Jerry when I adopted my daughter. I was going back to work for him. Actually, Noah, it was before that. I was actually probably just having lunch with him, trying to decide next steps in the career, probably trying to recruit me to his company. We were having lunch at Corey's and he's like, you know, in a few years, you're going to be able to sit here and just order food either from a kiosk or on your phone. And they're just going to deliver it to you. And I'm like, what? Nah, this is way of the bag phones. You know, I'm like, it's not going to happen. What are you even talking about right now? So it was hilarious. And he was right. So he was big into mobile computing and the idea. So what ended up happening with his software is he had mobile auditing or quality management systems. So we worked a lot with the registrars and the accreditation bodies, the ANAB and the IAOB. They used our software for doing the audits to ISO standards. So quality management was a big deal. I learned a lot. And working for him and just knowing him as a human, you told me he kind of had a unique philosophy about not fixing people, but fixing systems. Yeah. Can you talk about what it was like to work for him? Yes. Yes. He's a huge visionary. And I so enjoyed learning so much from him. He always had great nuggets. But one was definitely about focusing on the process. So if we're allowing, you know, if something happens, like breaks down in the management system, 
instead of looking at, you know, Jimmy didn't do that part of the job, why did the system allow Jimmy to do that part and have that happen and we have that failure? So System Thinker was basically a software package to do the thinking for the individuals, get that quality management system up where we're focusing on the process and then empowering our people. So it was a non-blaming concept, which is what quality management is all about. So I was grateful to be able to work with him so much. And we ended up, I guess, 10 years, I think I worked for Jerry as a software project manager and I learned so much. So I would think as an HR director, you're constantly thinking about how can I help my staff and what systems will work well for them. So I would assume that there's a little bit of transition or a little bit of crossover with that. Absolutely. It's definitely looking at things objectively, seeing where the process failed and how we can support and empower our people in order to continue to be successful in their roles. And that's really what it's about. Yeah, people really are. I mean, we talk about the faces of manufacturing. It's really the humans behind the companies that are making things happen. We wouldn't be anything without our staff. 100%. Absolutely. All right. Well, I look forward to talking to Jerry. It's going to be great. This is Cindy Kangas, and I'm with my co-host, Joy Wagner, on Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network. Looking for office furniture on a budget? Stop by the office outlet at 516 North Larch in downtown Lansing and save. Open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5. The office outlet has a huge selection of new and used office furniture from brand name manufacturers, all at discounted prices. Save 50 to 90% on used seating, desks, files, and more. The office outlet is your destination for office furniture on a budget. Visit us online at officeoutletyes.com. This is Joy Wagner with Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network. I'm with my co-host, Cindy Kangas, and our guest, Jerry Norris. Yay, Jerry! I'm so excited to be here with you. Very grateful. I've known Jerry a long time. He is definitely one of my favorite people. I will say that over and over again. (laughs) I used to work for Jerry at JDN when he had a software company, and that's how I got into the manufacturing business. He's currently the owner of Fledge. And I'm going to get him started with saying, tell us about your history. Again, starting when you're born. (laughs) So, well, I was born in the south side of Lansing, Michigan in 1966. You know, I love kind of starting out when people say, how did this get started? And I start in 1966 and go from there. But, you know, Lansing, when I was born in the 60s there, it was a thriving city. It was bustling and all of that. But there has been a lot of poverty in Lansing over the last, you know, 40 or 50 years. And my parents were divorced. So I was raised by a single mother, which puts us in a category where we've got a 50-50 chance of living in poverty still to today in Lansing. And I was in touch with my dad, you know, every other weekend type of thing. And one day he said, you know, to get you out of this, you are going to have to do something. And he said, I'm going to teach you how to rustle and you're going to rustle. You're going to get a scholarship to a college. You're going to go and study computer science and that's going to be your ticket out. 
And this is when I'm six years old in 1972. And I think two days later, he takes me to Lansing Eastern in the small gym and I whoop everybody in wrestling. We were six, so it was kind of easy. <laughs> and, you know, from then I just loved it. And I wrestled my entire life up through college, wrestled again when I was 50. That's a whole different story. And I ended up getting a scholarship to the University of Michigan. I started in computer science my junior year. I switched to mathematics with a focus on statistics and his kind of dream came true. I didn't know it at the time, but I kind of felt it that the math part was as important as the computer part because look at where data science is today. Basically, my degree was in data science before we really had that term around. And I was lucky enough then to get a job with Unisys as a quality engineer. I was assigned a mentor who was a ex-NASA quality engineer. He was retired from them and just wanted a job to keep doing something. So he mentored me and one day he threw a document on my desk and said, read this kid. And it was ISO 9000. I went home, I read it. The next day I said, we're implementing this. And we started implementing it. I caught the eye of the management of Unisys. They sent me off to San Jose for the National Standards Authority of Ireland to certify me as an auditor. And I spent the next 35 years traveling around the world auditing companies as an ISO 9000 auditor. And in the late 80s, early 90s, I was the youngest ISO 9000 auditor in the world. And that caught the attention of Unisys. I was awarded their highest quality award in, I think, 91 or 92. It was called Unisys Quality Champion. And, you know, that was a great experience. I was very, very lucky in all of that story. And After Unisys, I went on to go work for Cascade Engineering in Grand Rapids, and I think that that was one, another very lucky thing. We can call this privilege. We can call it whatever we'd like, but I was very lucky to be able to go work for Fred Keller and see the compassionate side of manufacturing, the compassionate side of running a business because at Unisys, when I started working there, we had 140,000 employees. Five years later, the day I resigned, which was the day they walked my boss's boss out, who had been there for 50 years since he was 18 years old and he was crying and I never saw somebody cry like that at work before. And I resigned the next day. I didn't have a job yet. I sent a resume to Cascade Engineering, got it interviewed, got hired within two weeks. And they hired me to fix their quality problems with General Motors, Chrysler, Ford. And within about a year, we were getting perfect quality scores. We were Q1 certified. We were GM supplier of the year. We were Denso supplier of the year. And it started getting kind of boring. I mean, I went over into our container group and our furniture group and all of that. But I wanted to do this consulting business since I was in college. So I started a consulting business and I wanted to resign from Cascade Engineering. And Fred said, no, start an incubator with me and incubate your own company out. We've got a polymer company. We've got some tooling companies. And I did that until I was ready to start my own company, started it on my own. And 
quickly turned it into a software company accidentally. And that's, <laughs> that's probably the root of where my big entrepreneurial journey started and how the fledge started. But there's a little okay. bit more to the story. Yeah, we we'll definitely have to hear more of the story. So this is Joy Wagner with Jerry Norris, excited to learn more with Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network. Now hiring? Capital Area Michigan Works can assist you with your hiring needs, all at no cost. From large-scale hiring assistance to locating the right candidate for a hard-to-fill position, Capital Area Michigan Works is your resource. We offer creative solutions from career fairs to on-the-job training grants and scholarship programs to make sure you have the best and brightest employees. Visit our website at www.camw.org to learn more about how we can assist your business with its hiring needs. We're back with Jerry Norris. This is Joy Wagner on Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network. Jerry, welcome back. I'm anxious to continue to hear about your story. We left off when you started your own software. Sounds like by accident. <laughs> so, you know, I had this consulting company and we were writing software, System Thinker, you had alluded to. And I was using that for my consulting business. I wasn't really thinking I was a software company and that this was a big thing that was going to happen. And the next thing you knew, we had 2,500 users across, I don't know, a hundred oh, different yeah. companies. We didn't have version control. We didn't have documentation. We didn't have support. And you were in there. I was part of all of it. <laughs> that room in, on Capitol over there at the house. And we're kind of struggling because we can't keep up now. And I'm at a cocktail party at Joel Ferguson's house, being a bartender, by the way. And John Briggs, who owned GSC Mobile Solutions, said, man, I'm having a struggle. We're this custom software group. We really need a product. And I was listening to him and I said, I got a product. And within three days, we merged. And he paid a lot of debt. He gave me some cash and he gave me some ownership of GSC Mobile Solutions. And they took over my product. And, you know, if you build a product and you have your own innovation and someone else takes it over, they just screw it all up, you know, <laughs> never works out the way you hope it did. And so I'm kind of disgruntled and you're working there. We're all working there. We're all, yeah, I'll yeah. get paid finally, but I'm bored and I'm not liking it. And somebody from Dubai had read a little thing that I wrote, a little paper that I wrote about probabilistic risk theory and asked me to come over and talk to them. So I flew to Dubai and this is in, you know, maybe February of 2002. So it's months yeah. after 9-11. We've got the kind of Arab Muslim backlash happening in the U.S. And I'm like, this is not right. I'm going there. I'm not scared. And I flew to Dubai and I got in this big gold gaudy room. Maybe that's why I've got a big gaudy room. <laughs> and I start presenting and it's like four hours in front of 200 people. And the next thing I know, they said, oh, you just went up against Microsoft, SAP and Oracle and you beat them. 
And spent the next 12 years building systems in the Middle East, including Dubai Municipality's food safety system, the United Arab Emirates labor system, went on to Bahrain, went on to Doha, went into Saudi, went into Kuala Lumpur, not in the Middle East, but that's aside. And, you know, basically every six weeks I flew to Dubai for two to four weeks and then came back home. And six weeks later, I did the same thing, went there about 89, 90 times. And in that whole time, the company that bought us was struggling and finally declared bankruptcy in 2006. And I was like, no way, this project in Dubai is too big to give up. And we were just working with Dubai Municipality at the time. And when they went bankrupt, we put an SBA loan together and we bought the company back and built it up again for the next eight years. I love, you know, that I sold the same company twice. After doing that in Dubai, we ended up selling it to a company out of Chicago. And that's another part of the story that we don't need to get into. But one of the things in Dubai that I learned, you know, with Fred Keller, I learned this compassion and the welfare to work and returning citizens and all of this stuff in Dubai. They hired us, really, the thing behind the scenes was that they wanted the Human Rights Watch off their back so that they would not be getting boycotted, so they wouldn't have embargoes on them and all these different things. And we convinced them to do this with authenticity, to do it right, not just try to hide the data and do all of this thing. That's the way we always were, Mm -hmm. integrity-based. And I think my proudest accomplishment over there was when we implemented our solution for sunstroke deaths and the sunstroke death average in Dubai, the years before us was about 670 per year. And the year after we implemented our solution, it was down to two which then led us to getting a job with Doha because they had just been awarded the FIFA World Cup and they wanted the same thing. They didn't want to kill a bunch of people. They didn't want to get boycotted. And in 2015, we had to leave and that never got implemented and they got boycotted. They got in a lot of trouble here in just 2022. So after that, I started a new software company the next day and immediately regretted the decision and said, I'm starting an incubator in Lansing. And that's where the fledge came from. Awesome. Awesome. Wonderful. That's great. So Jerry, we'll continue with the story. This has been Joy Wagner with Jerry Norris on Faces of Manufacturing on Michigan Business Network. The attorneys of Foster Swift, Collins & Smith offer legal counsel to businesses, families, individuals, and municipalities throughout Michigan. Clients know they can count on Foster Swift for all their legal needs, from straightforward wills to sophisticated business transactions and complex litigation. Learn more about Foster Swift and how they can assist you at fosterswift.com.
Cindy Kangas on Facebook Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network, and we are continuing with Jerry Norris today. Jerry, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been fun so far. Yeah, this story's been great, and I'm glad that we've reserved all of our segments specifically for you because your story is amazing. And I wanted to share, you know, I'm also an Eastern grad, so we've got a little bit of Quaker pride here, and I've been to the Fledge, and so I know you're very near, you know, that East Side neighborhood. And so I'm hoping now that we can talk a little bit about the Fledge, you know, your idea for it and how you're giving back to the community there. I think it's funny that you're an Eastern grad too. And we talk about that, you know, I'm a block and a half from where we graduated from high school. My house that I own is a block and a half from the hospital I was born in. And I always tell everybody I'm this Midwest hick that never left dancing. <laughs> But in reality, I've been to 150 countries. I've traveled all over the world, but I'm so in love with Lansing because this is where my people are. This is the city that raised me. And to be able to do this on the east side right now is just a dream come true. And the other kind of ironic thing is the east side's the only side of Lansing I've never lived on. I've lived on the south side, the west side, and the north side, but I've never lived on the east side. And to be over here and to be accepted by this community just makes me so very happy. So anyways, I, you know, sell that last company, JDN, start this other company called Gaia. I actually built the ISO 9000 directory of certificates for the International Accreditation Forum in those few months when I was sort of trying to figure out what I was going to do. But I really knew that I wanted to do incubation again, and I really knew that I wanted to fight poverty, and I had been all over the world helping everybody else and did nothing for the city. Didn't have contracts in Lansing. Well, Canelco, I guess, was one of our contracts, but ended up, you know, not wanting to do software anymore. I wanted to do people. I wanted to do eradication of poverty, and I wanted to use my knowledge in systems theory and management systems to do that, but I wanted to do it almost the opposite of ISO 9000. So one of the very first things we did when we started the Fledge is we put values together because our first principle was values, not rules. We're not going to sit here and tell everybody no and tell them they can't and tell them, you know, don't spill that or you're going to get kicked out because we want it to be radically inclusive, which was our second value. And what that means is if somebody walks in that door behind me right now and says, can I, I'm gonna say yes before I turn around, before I look at them and before I hear what they are about to ask me. And to me, that's what radical inclusion is. But inclusion isn't that simple. It's an attraction. It's an invitation. It's a welcoming. It's a, you know, sitting you at the table. And the next time we get around the table, missing you when you're not there. And, you know, people think, you know, sometimes zap, I can just say I'm diverse. I'm going to be diverse. And you have diversity. But it doesn't work like that. It's a long process. And, it's about getting to diversity, but diversity is a characteristic. It's not a verb. Inclusion is the verb. And that's the action that we can take. And, you know, in manufacturing, the enemy is variation, right? You want to get rid of 
defects. You want to get rid of nonconformances. So you get things standardized and you do it the same way and you reduce the width of that bell curve. So it fits inside the spec and everything's just, you know, happens the same way in community development. It's the opposite of that. You want variation. Variation is the engine that drives your innovation, that makes you resilient, that makes it so that life's a lot more enjoyable because there's so many things that we get used to that happen around us that we get blinded to. And I learned this in an injection molding plant when people were charged with inspecting the product that they are looking at. They would just, you know, pass products that were the worst. And it just makes you lose and forget and not see so much of life when you're doing those things always the same way, stuck in those ruts. And I didn't want that anymore. It's 35 years of telling people, write this down and keep this record and prove this to me. And I just wanted some freedom from that. And I wanted to see what had happened. And, you know, the Tao of change, I'm forgetting the word right now, but there's a phrase in there that says, there's a little known secret. And the secret is when you eliminate rules, people become more honest, people become more true to each other. And oh my gosh, did that work? It worked. And our critical inclusion has made us blow up and accelerate and do so many different things. The Fledge is involved. Oh, I I guess we're going to kind of talk a little bit. Yeah, it's so powerful, Jerry. And we're going to talk about the Fledge more in our next segment. But right now we're going to take a break. This has been Cindy Kangas on Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. Again, it's Cindy Kangas, and we're back on Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network, and I'm chatting with Jerry Norris, and we've been talking a little bit about the Fledge, and I, as someone that grew up in Lansing and loves Lansing, it's so great and refreshing to meet people that want to pay it forward, that want to give back to the community where they grew up, and so I'm wondering first if you could help share some information about some of the barriers that you see from people that live in Lansing. Maybe we could talk about the Alice threshold and financial literacy and what you're doing even for entrepreneurship over there at the Fledge. All right. So, you know, we started out, our mission was a radically inclusive ideation and makerspace incubator and accelerator on a mission to create opportunities to pursue happiness. And we were very focused on entrepreneurialism and workforce development. But we start getting into that and we start being radically inclusive and people who live in poverty or people who live below the Ellis threshold, which I'll go into in a second, they show up and they've got kids with them. They don't have diapers. They don't know where they're going to sleep tonight. 
And it quickly became obvious to us that we cannot use entrepreneurialism to eliminate poverty and get people over the Alice threshold if we don't do something to create that basic needs that people need and to help them with that. So we've completely changed over the last 10 years from not just being focused on that workforce development and the entrepreneurial support, but also we're into all six of the basic needs. And so Alice, asset limited, income constrained and employed. If you live below the Alice threshold, you have to choose between basic needs on every payday. So maybe sometimes it's not fixing the car. Maybe sometimes it's, you know, taking your kids to grandma's house. Maybe it's not eating a meal when your kids are eating a meal. Or maybe it's, you know, you don't have diapers or whatever. So when we saw that, we said there's no way that somebody suffering like that is going to be able to do a pitch competition, is going to be able to do a business model canvas, is going to be able to do all of these things. So we started looking at what would we have done in manufacturing to solve these problems? I'm probably the only community center that uses an 8D, eight discipline corrective action process. We say Kaizen, we say, you know, we say words like this. And the manufacturing experience has been, I'm so lucky again to have had that experience because now applying it, you know, we got rid of 2,500 pounds of chicken in 34 minutes and the semi truck pulled up and said, do you want this? We didn't even know that it was coming and it took 34 minutes to distribute that. So I think we've learned a lot about logistics for the years in manufacturing. So, you know, we have, I'll just take food as a quick example. We have this continuum where, you know, it, the first thing that you have to do is that immediate action, stop that bleeding, stop that, whatever that harm is. So we have a food pantry, we distribute a lot of food, but after that, You've got to start looking at the more preventative actions, the more predictive actions that you might want to put in place. So we started teaching people how to grow their own food, giving starter plants, helping community gardens get organized. You know, the young Black Panthers came here and we gave them so many plants and they found land and we built a community garden. And so all of these things are, you know, Things that we learned in manufacturing that we're applying to community development now. And so we've got a whole garden of our own. The fledge is a garden. We raise chickens. We've got aquaponics. We've got aeroponics. We've got tech bleeded into everything. Our coding club, for example, when we first in 2018 moved to the east side from Grand Ledge, that's a different part of the story. We started a coding club and we built a particulate sensor with raspberry pies and hooked it into our If This Then That apps. And on March 16th of 2020, when everybody shut down, we called on our people that were giving us food. They started giving us more food. We became essential. Within three days, we had a particulate sensor set up that would kick us out of the building. If the particulates, we thought COVID was flying all over the air. We had red lights that came on when people came into the building to warn us. We had fans, filters, all of this really cool stuff. And we felt ready for it because we were resilient. And that resiliency comes from 
you know, being in manufacturing for so long and getting beat up so long. So now we've got housing programs. We just bought a house. We're putting it on the blockchain. Coinbase is flying me to Washington, D.C. on Tuesday to talk to legislators about using blockchain for building a better world. We've won four global competitions for using blockchain for a better world. So that's the other thing is that innovation and tech and all of that just yearning for that constantly because I've seen what has happened in manufacturing with robotics and sensors and all of the things, you know, the manufacturing 4.0 that's coming. And it's scary that it might eliminate a bunch of jobs, but I don't think so. I think we're going to get the UBI this time. I think we're going to get, you know, these more technical brain jobs and make this world a lot richer and a lot better. Jerry, it has been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And I know Joy and I are both very proud of all of the hard work you're doing. And we're so excited that you're here in our community. You're just a treasure. And hopefully we can talk to you again on a future yeah. podcast because I just feel like we only got a little bit of the story. Yeah. There's so much more to go. This has been Cindy Kangas with Jerry Norris from The Pledge on the Michigan Business Network, Faces of Manufacturing. something to grow it takes time like the equity in your home that's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit because frequent watering of your house plants may be recommended now can we get a new roof not so much the rest of the house want the best rates for a home equity line of credit ask for LaughQ stop in today or go to laughq.com slash home equity LaughQ your credit union for life This is Cindy Kangas, and I'm here with my co-host Joy Wagner on Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network. We just spoke with Jerry Norris from The Fledge. Joy, he was great, and he's one of those people that I feel like I could probably sit quietly and listen to for hours and hours. He's got a great (laughs) story. Without even speaking, maybe with my mouth hanging open, like, wow, (laughs) everything was profound. There were a few takeaways today. One thing he said was that he built his nonprofit, or you know, the model of the fledge to give back, but there are manufacturing principles that he applies on a regular basis. And one of the main things he said was that manufacturing is resilience. And we all know that, you know, we have to be tough, especially during COVID. We were all so tough and we just kept working and we were making things happen. And manufacturers just know how to get things done. They know how to get in there and they've got all of the protocols in order and you rarely see behind the scenes, but without these systems and without this drive, mm-hmm. it just doesn't happen. So it's so lovely that he's brought that to the fledge. What do you think? Absolutely. I agree. He's got such huge vision with that. And it is, I mean, his principles that he learned in the manufacturing industry is what he's utilizing to help support continue, you know, improvement in the business and models that he's moving forward with. So and resiliency is definitely one of the things that we see in manufacturing, especially in the Lansing community. It's wonderful to see somebody wanting to invest in Lansing and really focus on the people here. So that's yeah. been amazing. Yeah. I think in any 
you know, economic program across the state, across the globe. It's so nice when you meet someone that just, they understand their hometown and they grew up there and maybe they didn't have the best upbringing, but they made something of themselves. And now they're coming back to make sure this next generation is successful. And I can so see that. Like he's there trying to make everyone's lives better and not just our lives, our community on a whole. When we talk Mm -hmm. about bridging this gap between East Lansing and Lansing with all of his companies and his incubator companies, I think that's lovely. When we talk about him, you know, helping people with entrepreneurship that maybe have barriers, childcare and socioeconomic, you know, they're living at the Alice threshold, workforce barriers. It's just, (laughs) it's so amazing. I'm so proud of his work. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Me too. And I'm definitely excited to see what he's going to continue to do in the community. It's just just so much vision there with what he can provide, but giving a safe place for people to go and be innovative. I mean, because creativity is a big part of all of us and our gifts and things. And a lot of times I think people don't necessarily think of manufacturing or standardization, right, as creative, but it is. It's Mm -hmm. all about innovation. Think about the work that you guys do with robotics groups and all of that. That's all of them being creative, using these skill sets with technology, which is where we're all headed, right? So it's pretty remarkable uh, that he provides a space for that there at the Fledge for young adults, especially. I know he has a lot of them coming in for the coding programs and really just anybody, obviously. His radically inclusive concept is revolutionary. I don't know that I've heard that so much, right? (laughs) You know, he has a program there and I just love the title of it. And I just want to say it over and over. It's called 99 problems, but a pitch ain't one. (laughs) (laughs) And so he has these pitch competitions almost on a weekly basis. You can find them on his Facebook page if you want to follow the Fledge and Lansing, but he brings in these young people with ideas. And then they pitch their ideas to them and the winner gets $99. And so (laughs) I feel like if I'm a young person and I come up with something, wow, what a great place to just throw it out there and see if it sticks or get some great feedback. And so I encourage the community to reach out or if they know young people that want to, you know, start some sort of business or they have some sort of thought about how to make Lansing better, get involved in one of these programs. Yeah. Absolutely. His website is thefledge.com. Very simple. And there are ways that the community can get involved. Obviously, they have, you know, that food pantry there. They have all kinds of programs for youth. There are all kinds of programs just for the community in general. But I think, you know, time, treasure and talent is what most people think of when they want to support a nonprofit or they want to support some sort of community group. So if you have time, if you have some sort of talent, If you want to give a donation, I know Jerry would love it. And I think it would go back to a great cause. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And definitely take a visit there. It's really interesting to see all of the stuff they are able to provide and do for the community. So take on an event. It's it's very, you think, is this it? Am I in the right place? And you go in and there's just magic happening inside. I've loved my visits there. Yeah. So definitely encourage you to visit. Yeah. So let's hope that we can get Jerry on again, because I feel like he could fill another segment or five for definitely (laughs) talking about manufacturing. Absolutely. This has been Cindy Kangas and Joy Wagner on the Faces of Manufacturing on the Michigan Business Network. (laughs) 